anything to start with other than i mean if we like we could come and just talk about how this might be the last great chimp in cinema is this movie whoa yeah dude and and if you watch it on amazon like i did uh and anytime you pause in a scene with the chimp it'll be quick to be like hey there were two chimps Mm. just so you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) two chimp actors must be credited by an amazon employee And I just, I'm just like, I miss chimp actors. I hate yep. that. Uh, I often wonder, because so much of this movie's green screened, how how many times that kid was ever near the chimp. Well, first off, guys, welcome demons to development hell. We're one of four podcasts created in the last year that chronicles a bumpy road uh, that truly is the pass-fail industry known as entertainment. Movies, music, movies, games, television, movies, theater, and even literature all have a story to tell. I'm Richard Humphrey, and I'm joined by Spike Kittrell and Kyle Anderson, and we go to hell so you don't have to. Are we ever going to do literature? Is it ever going to be like, this week we're all reading a book? Books? <laughs> it turns all, into a fucking book reading. club? <laughs> yeah, I know. We're going to have to do uh, like uh, chapters. It's going to be a manga some at some point. Yeah. At some point we'll cover some Neil Gaiman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that'll be literature. Some confederacy uh, of dunces. Yeah, that'll be... Uh... Every, every time we cover an adaptation, we kind of cover it. Yeah, that's yeah true. we read books. So, uh, the movie we're talking about today, guys, is Speed Racer, by the way. <laughs> um, so, uh, there's actually a PETA article I had found a while ago condemning Speed Racer for its use of chimps in this movie. Because well, there was that video right before it came out of them drowning the chimp. The, the yeah, video. Yeah. It was like, why were the, they holding the on video, to There's actually that so famous long. video that came out from the set where they're dabbing out that chimpanzee. Um, it's John Goodman just <laughs> having that. I know, that video makes me mad uncomfortable. Yo, John Goodman has the best I'm wax. I'm sure that chimpanzee thinks he's just about to drink water, and that video is kind of a bummer when you think about it like that. I don't think he wants to dab is what I'm saying. I'm saying I don't think that chimpanzee is a cannabis enthusiast. This article comes out a year before the movie, and it says, So the Wachowski brothers, now just the Wachowskis, everybody, uh, the geniuses behind the Matrix, have been holed up for a while working on a live-action version of the 60s cult cartoon Speed Racer. Sounds pretty awesome. Except that they've made the decision to use a real chimpanzee to portray Speed Racer's simian friend Chim Chim. And as always, when a primate is used in filming, it is an absolute guarantee that there's behind-the-scenes abuse. <laughs> like, they didn't even know anything yet. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they were just like the fact that even though there are protocols, I would imagine, of how to have it ch- and that this organization was going to be on that set. Well, it's like it is a rule that whenever a chimp is on set, is on set, like Dunstan has to check in. Like, yep. It's the yeah. rule. You got to find every uh, which way. Even when those half awake film enthusiasts at the American Humane Association are on the job, the fact is that. While the original animated Chim Chim never had any trouble mugging for the camera, the new guy on the job can think of about a million things that he'd rather be doing than performing now, I, for the I, Wachowskis. The, the, the fact that he that the article hasn't used the term monkey business yet is harrowing. 
for most chimpanzees used on set, this natural aversion to stardom means that there are severe beatings, intimidation, all around lousy treatment or standard tools of the trade for the trainers who are paid to make them perform. Yeah, that's what everyone says about every training. That's, 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 and, uh, that's how you get Wilder Valderrama to perform. I've heard though. Yeah, <laughs> there are articles uh, <laughs> denouncing any movie that hires him too. Because you have Larry to, you Clown have to has beat gone Wilder into production. <laughs> beat Wilder Valderrama in the submission for every shot. <laughs> this just Tom Hanks on the set of fucking Larry Crown just like get on the moped and be my rival. <laughs> and according to our source on set, the chimp being used for this movie is no exception, which may well explain why he recently deviated from the script and bit a child actor. Oh my god. I don't think that's deviating from the script. That's well, just that's, biting a child. That's actor. improving a bit, you know. But that's not the, the monkey being did like. The, but did the directors say have some fun with it? Like just kind of. <laughs> was this the crazy take? Like did they have it? And this is the last one before they move teeth. on. You know. Yeah, yeah, like, like if you are your character, what is the next logical thing they would do? Fincher mm -hmm. likes to put down about forty takes, and then have about five takes where the actors just kind of bite each other. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. And this is why Rooney Mara works with him a lot. Is this is this this lends to her style? Rooney Mara is a yeah. She she was trained in uh, Juilliard's teeth department, mm -hmm. teeth based acting. Yeah, yeah. We've been communicating back and forth with the movie's producer, Joel Silver, asking that he make the humane decision and use animatronics instead of live animal actors. I'll keep you posted on any developments with this one, and you can read more about how the discussion's been going on here. Incidentally, my favorite movie blog, I Watch Stuff, also covered the story. Pretty much made my day. Finally, please click here to learn more and to ask the Wachowskis to use animatronics instead of live animals. I clicked all those links, and there's, like, no updates. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause, well, because like, I, I, well, I know what <laughs> happened, I think. What happened? They they didn't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they used a monkey. They said, "No, we're just gonna let this monkey pass out on candy." No, just, were... but but at the same time, imagine like on one of their deathbeds, like Lily Wachowski is just like, "We beat the fucking shit out of that monkey," <laughs> and that's how you made a picture. <laughs> you take that shit to the grave You wanna make the Matrix You beat a fucking chimp, okay We agreed The Last of Us to Die Talks about the monkey <laughs> The Last of Us to Die <laughs> the, the last Wachowski <laughs> The last Wachowski standing Bears the brunt of our Of our shame <laughs> The the secret that we abused the monkey on the set of 2008 Speed Racer. <laughs> so, okay, Spike looks like his apartment's getting raided by PETA. <laughs> fucking crazy amount of doorbell ringing. Hey, PETA. Hey, PETA. Hey, PETA. You're uh, employing a monkey. I don't like it. Hey, hey, okay, Peter! I see on. you sent me a letter about this monkey. Peter, yeah, bit of, bit of child on set. <laughs> That's all right. Spike's investigating a bit of a situation. I have to see what this door. I think he got uh, ding dong ditched in the middle of the night. Yeah, it's probably one of Spike's many enemies. Um, yeah. Spike has a lot of enemies on Letterbox. Uh, he's sort of a king of uh, 
king of haters on Letterbox. So he has. It is he true. Has a, and and hey, I'll give him this. He has his fair share of simps, you know. But there's a lot of people out there drinking the haterade, and they're out there not respecting. Sort of. Uh, this is just a. Yeah, there's a there's a. This is a routine traffic stop, isn't it? I don't know that something seems to be happening. All right. So since we are talking about, uh, you know, Speed Racer, like uh, these episodes do have to start the way they always do. What's your guys's relationship to Speed Racer like as a whole, as a franchise? I have none. Like I have no I didn't even watch this at all as a kid. I knew about it the way that you just kind of know about it. I knew it was like a car that hopped around and like, you know, 10 minutes into the movie, he does that thing where he hops up and the car goes under him. That was oh, the yeah. only moment of fan service that ever landed on me, and then everything else was me being like, "I guess this was from, guess I guess this is from uh, Speed Racer." I just called it, almost called it Street Racer. Like I have no <laughs> go Street Racer. Yeah, um, yeah. There, I have, I have, I brought nothing to this, and arguably the best way to come about it. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I know I can see what it's doing in terms of just uh, like appropriating like a manga anime style, but certainly there is no like, Oh, pops is a big deal. He's not doing pops correctly. And to be fair, he is doing pops correctly. That's great news. Like (laughs) to to, to like, even if you aren't like a fan, like he's just, he's just pop. Mm -hmm. What about, uh, what about you, Kyle? Okay. So, <clears throat> Here's the deal with Speed Razor. Oh boy. My hands da- came together. My, oh boy. my dad uh, had told me at some point Speed Razor was the first Japanese cartoon. Now he has to mean <laughs> that he saw. Yeah. <laughs> that he could pronounce. <laughs> that he knew about <laughs> or something. <laughs> but uh, it was the like... first Japanese cartoon called Speed Racer. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Kyle. Uh, let me tell you, they didn't like. They never made a cartoon before cars were even invented. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, how could they? You know, they could drive to the store to get all the paper. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and then all the so, fucking paper. <laughs> was, I was holding them back. <laughs> the, they announced cars. And they're like, we could draw so many cartoons now. Oh, we could draw so much more now that we could get back and forth. Hey, hey, hey what if paper. we drew the cars? Whoa. Whoa. Well, we better draw them fast. You don't have a lot of paper. This will be a very cool first cartoon. That's why no, they called them cartoons. Dad, they they were cartoons. My dad, uh, he would always make jokes about because uh, one of our when we got a uh, an like an escalator, or whatever it had, like the volume buttons on the steering wheel. You guys got wheel. an escalator. No, like a like a Ford Expedition. Oh, an Escalade, like a, yeah, Ford, a Ford Explorer. I know what you're talking a about a Ford Ex. Uh, the, yeah, I think like a Ford Explorer or something. But um, it had like the the volume up buttons like on the steering wheel, kind of for the radio. God, that's and the car my, version of Ice in the Door. Yeah, when my dad, <laughs> when my dad got, uh, when my dad got those, he was very big on like these are my Speed Racer buttons, <laughs> oh, and man. so I think Speed Racer was more of a like thing that he saw. Like I don't even know if it was the right time for him as a kid, but he probably saw it like just barely smoking pot or something. He, it like, definitely, it definitely was like in time for him. It is like your boomer's favorite cartoon. 
but but and yet they somehow made an adaptation that is i feel like quite faithful to that old art style because like the the old animated show would sort of these scene transitions which i think are like kind of the most ostentatious like basic filmmaking thing this movie's doing yeah like a lot of that's very oh the cell swapping um, like yeah. the yeah, like swapping as the dissolves so of the that people is, talking. Um, that's something from the cartoon. Right? That is what the cartoon did to cut budget costs to make it look like characters were in motion because it would cost less. That's what I was to, noticing. Was uh, it that, costs less to do that? You know, uh, and it like it's just an easier way to do it. There's the big scene with uh, with Speed Racer, like like debating whether or not to sign the deal, and the push in and. like tilt are all fake because it's only the this like cg background doing the movement there's nothing moving on him yeah and that's like sort of an advent of the like of the cartoon because doing that gave you this appearance of movement so you got three seconds of actual animation that gave you 30 seconds Mm -hmm. yeah yeah from doing this kind of stuff and i and i and and that stuff like looks really cool there's a lot of that stuff that looks really good i would argue in this movie There's a couple of shots that, like, specifically have aged very poorly, like the shot of Rex standing by the car outside the school. Yeah, that looks like a Robert Rodriguez children's film. That looks like Shark Boy. Yeah, it's got it's got Lazy Town vibes going heavy in that first act. One hundred percent. Um, especially when you go to the bad guy lair, you're like, this is, and they're all on like mopeds and stuff. Yeah, it felt like a bit. It felt like I was in the movie Robots. Yeah, a live action robots, <laughs> but like a parody of robots they're doing for the Oscars for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> it borders on like you want that, Is that to look Billy stylized. Crystal in blackface? <laughs> you want it to look stylized, but not. But there are moments in this Cartoon-y. that just look unfinished. Yeah. Well, it's like this movie got a lot uh, of criticism for that, like especially what G4 TV called it, like neon diarrhea. See, but I would argue the neon parts are what—that's really what's good, cool. Yeah. It's a, the, yeah. yeah, it's a, it's the it's the parts <laughs> where it feels like it has to be a movie, and less As of a race. To yeah, the diarrhea parts. <laughs> it's the Crayola, the Crayola diarrhea that's the problem. Yeah, not the neon. Yeah, like, the yeah. flat, like, the and, flat business. Everything where he's racing is real good. So good. And if this movie came out three years later, it all would have looked real good. Oh yeah. yeah, you know, like they were really early into all this whole. I mean, I don't know, 2008. I guess they weren't that, but like, but like, realizing everything in CGI that they want to realize is yeah. But these they made three Matrix movies. Like, I feel like this is intention. This looks like this on purpose. That, that first act has. I I keep seeing that and being like. Yeah, these motherfuckers could fuck up some Jupiter's Ascendant, yeah, I yeah, bet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. But, you start but to see, like... <laughs> it's just, like, this has to be on purpose, because movies they, a movie they made ten years ago has, a, has fully CG shots that look way better. No, and, and it is, like, I, so for the most part, thought was a lot of it was on purpose to make it feel like this low-budget cartoon. Mm-hmm. You know, but see, I I feel like that's better achieved. Like it works better with those tactile sets that they make, like Speed Racer's house, like Pops's house or whatever, being like this very cartoony tactile. Like 
I don't know if it's just because John Goodman's there or whatever, but it reminds me of like the old Flintstones movie mm-hmm. or something. Like, Yeah, and I mean, like, uh, that's when, like, he kind of knows he's in the pocket is if he does something like that. And that's why he commits so hard in this movie. Well, it's even the Roseanne thing. He just knows how to be on, like, a soundstage. He, he's got yeah. the shape and voice and face for a soundstage, for, like, a fake sitcom house. Like, it looks like the house so from, good. like, Cat in the Hat. Like, just kind of stock yeah like yeah creepy like cre- if this was if speed racers family wasn't here this would be a really creepy house but dude the whole the family crushes it so all oh, so good john goodman uh susan sarandon out of the park uh, the monkey. friend sparky 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 cr- low-key crushing it dude when Sparky drinks that milk, yeah, that is one of the most wholesome moments in <laughs> cinema history. Loved it. Um, so I mean, really, to talk about Speed Racer, I mean, like we talk a lot about what like it's influ- like uh, what the movie kind of looks like, but it's really like let's talk about where it comes from. Uh, so, Mock Go 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 was its original title. Is when it was a manga inside of a uh, shonen magazine, which was if we talked about it last time, uh, like sometimes mangas were put in like a bunch of magazines, and if you liked it, maybe you got interest, and then you got like more published books. You know, is that what Shonen Jump is? Is that is yes. it like it's like it's trying? It's like a little pilot program or like a showcase of hey, do you like this? Yes. Okay. Um, and sort of huh. just done in a, like a magazine format, you know. And what is Shonen? What does that mean? Is that just a company? Yeah, that's just like the company. Got it. That's just one of like the big main companies that does it, like the Marvel. Okay, cool. Um, and so uh, Tatsuo Yoshida is uh, the creator and uh, and pioneer behind it. In 1960s, uh, it, it comes from his earlier work, which is known as like Pilot Ace, which is like one of the first like car like racing like mangas out there. And the actual like main storyline of Pilot Ace was sort of all just like ripped from there and turned into Mock Go Go Go. One of the first, you say? This is one of the first. Point for dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the first. Yeah. Point for dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and then um, and then in 1967 <laughs> they start running the cartoon. Fuck yeah, they do. In Which, if when? we know from 1967. Oh damn. Yeah, so from 1967 to 1968 runs the actual like regular like anime. Okay, and uh, in cool. that time, the game's popular. It's uh, it's 58 episodes. It's uh, just basically two seasons. Damn. You know, yeah, but that's um, common for anime, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, it, like it, that was probably stretched out over a decent amount of time too, as they churned it out because like they had decent storylines. But that means it's also like sort of complete. And uh, as it's complete, like at the beginning of the 70s, a a large syndicator company known as Translux buys the English rights to it. And Translux, uh, they had bought like a lot of other properties to sort of do the same thing of like buying old cartoons uh, like from Japan and Asia and just putting like American voices over it and just making like printing money. Huh. Um, So uh, they Translux is still in operation now, but only as an electronics manufacturer. Oh damn! What are they making? I don't even know at this point. Probably Vi- vibrators for Twitter replies. <laughs> 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 they used to, but now they got no chips. Um, they're out of vibrator chips. We're out of vibrator chips. Yeah, and no new vibrators till twenty twenty three. 
And that's when, uh, so it makes its like American debut and, uh, it's one of the first Japanese shows to make it to America. You know, like all the characters are at, like, they change it to make it so like, uh, Americans will like understand it and like kind of talk to it easier. Cause they also just think it's like a whole So I'm thinking Racer X's name should be Rex. <laughs> it's, um. I'm thinking it's the only way it's gonna make sense. I'm thinking the Speedy Racer should be called Speedy Racer. And then I'm thinking the Racer with the X's. We'll call him Racer X. Jesus Christ, let's Isn't go get Isn't it weird lunch. that the other, guy's, the other guy's last name is this guy's first name? No. But what do we call the- his pops? Get the Which fuck is out. funny. <laughs> <laughs> what do we call his mom? Why would you even ask me a question like that? <laughs> so, they see the name Go Mufune and say, that is too Japanese. Let's turn him into Speed Racer. Yeah. No, well, look, Go Mufune. Okay, but that, see, Speed Racer's a fine name. (laughs) Speed Racer's a fine name for a show. Yeah. Uh, And Speed (laughs) is even, like, an okay name for a kid's character who's a race car driver. Yeah. But his name has to be, like, Speed Johnson or something. Well, and that's... Like, don't... (laughs) When the the parent is like, I'm upset that Speed Racer only wants to drive fast, and I'm like, (laughs) what the fuck did you think this kid was going to be, like, a poet or something? Like, this is... (laughs) This was set in stone at the hospital, like, eight years ago. I don't know, man. Wolf Blitzer sounded like he was going to do a lot more with his yeah. life. Why is Wolf Blitzer <laughs> like a bazooka manufacturer? <laughs> Wolf Blitzer, Wolf Blitzer was... should be making tanks. <laughs> well, the, the prophecies foretold Wolf Blitzer would set hundreds of wolves aflame, and he's set none. Wolf Blitzer, it, following the really on-the-nose speed racer, would just be a linebacker known for his blitzing. <laughs> Does it on all fours? Yeah, I, <laughs> he never goes on his just feet. Crawls right through the line. Um, so like he's named Mifune because uh, Yoshida is just a big fan of Toshiro Mifune, and it's just like I, I love your acting. <laughs> Interesting. Like, and it, it'd be the same thing as like I'm gonna name my character like Jake Pitt because I love you, Brad Pitt, and his whole family are Pitts. Hey man, like that's a good. That's not a bad name. Right, and then uh, that's like, um, and then you have Spritle, the young kid who's a Curio Mufune, and then oh, talking about Jake Pitt, that kid's played by what? It, was it Polly Lit? I think that, that, <laughs> yeah, that, that kid's name is Polly Lit. Lit. I thought you were doing yeah. I thought you were Polly Lit. That kid is so motherfucking dialed in. Yeah, that, that kid's, kid's like great. almost upstaging John Goodman in his prime. That kid is that almost kid is... upstaging the Mach 5. <laughs> yeah, the kid is absolutely, whenever they're like, Spritel, you gotta get out of the trunk. I'm like, but then we don't get as many no, shots and reaction shots of Spritel. And take it, like, an eye typically will shut down completely at a child actor. This kid would, like, show up and I'd go, oh, good. Like, oh, yeah, this is good. It's good. It's good. It's good. Everything's good again. Well, it's because he figured out how to be the fun, like, uh, the, like, like Penny from Inspector Gadget never had that energy in the live action movie, and that's the issue. Mm-hmm. Mm. 
This kid had such a good energy, though. Like, he's just, like, fun. I love this kid. He's so good in this. This kid was in... Oh, he was in Jersey Girl. He was, uh... That's kind of the only thing of note he he was in. What's he doing now? Now... That's my thing. He's so good. He hasn't worked since 2017 uh, in a movie called Sex Guaranteed. So, um... And then you have, like, Pops, who was Daisuke Mufune... And uh, uh, Mom Racer, who's Aya Mufune, and then Racer X, who was the only one that stayed the same, or otherwise known as the Masked Racer. But in the, uh, in the manga and the cartoon, he's always been portrayed in a white outfit. Mm. Huh. That is sort of reminiscent of the Mach 5 itself and has like the M I mean, on it. Sense. And then he wears a black mask with an X on it. It makes sense to change that up. Like, we're not speed is in such a white lot white and then the white car you need something different so you use a a hot boy to do it guys Um, so fox is a fucking fox like what an interesting moment i know uh kyle you're revisiting all of lost like what a moment where i don't even think he was ever bad when he went off to do movies like did he just what happened there is is he a problem in some he's, way I, i'm forgetting no he's so good dude. yeah and this this made me be like why isn't he a marvel hero I, oh. yeah like why wasn't he captain america why isn't he even talk, like why wasn't he even up for it yeah yeah that's a like doc, why dark, was like dark, a dark horse dark. dr he, doom right he's there. he's a dark horse daredevil for me dog hey, like, he's so good but now well, that's what they were dog. definitely going for with that outfit but he's now at that age I, where he's yeah. got to be some sort of He's, he's got to be a Thanos. You got to bring him in. No, that, that, that's when you bring in, uh, like, white Nick Fury. What are you saying that we should have, Richard? Because there's two Nick Furies. <laughs> no. Wait, Richard, there's what are you There's two universes. We should, we should inside start doing. every man. No. There are two well, Nick I'm Furies. Saying, well, that was the theory when uh, Robert uh, Redford was in the second one. Was that like, oh, that's going to be the other Nick Fury that's white. And, like, it's just going to be Nick Fury is the name of the dude who leads S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm-hmm. But there is the white Nick Fury, and there is the black Nick Fury. Hey, we all have our own headcanon. We do. <laughs> this one's... <laughs> and you watch every Marvel movie and go, every white character is secretly the other Nick Fury. <laughs> <laughs> There's just so many red arrows on the thumbnail of Richard's mind. <laughs> Falcon and the white Nick Fury. <laughs> I'd watch it. White Nick All Fury. nine episodes. Wanda White Nick Fury. <laughs> Wanda White Nick You guys laugh, but there's like a whole David Hasselhoff movie where he's White Nick Fury. No, I know. I, 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 I <laughs> no, have to I imagine it might be worth an episode. No, it actually is. Uh, it's on my short list. Oh, awesome. Uh, I really want to watch it. I just can't decide. I... I can't decide if it's worth making you guys watch because it is exceptionally bad. It's such a shame. The world, bad. The world building they try to do is kind of interesting. Please, because it's wild to see what like somebody's take is on like a pre-Marvel Cinematic yep. Universe version of a cinematic Marvel universe. I love something that. they've always tried to do. I just I rewatched um uh the first two Spider the Raimi Spider Mans um. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, they mentioned they like they mentioned Doctor Strange in the mm-hmm. second one. It's fucking crazy, and acknowledged. And now he's, he's directing Doctor Strange. I know, dude. Fuck. All right, uh, White crazy. Nick Fury. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Matthew <laughs> yeah, Fox. White Nick Fury. Unbelievable in this. Matthew Fox is killing it. Like, I mean, like this is post loss at this point, right? Yeah. 
Or 2008 is post. Yeah, post loss. Loss starts in like 2002, 2003. Are you sure? I feel like four. No, I feel like yes, he's, he's still. Definitely, he's definitely at least three or four seasons into loss. So it's, it's mid loss. Done. He's 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 mid or post loss. Yeah, depending on when they filmed this. When they filmed what? Yeah. Um. Cool. Yeah. I mean, it's a great movie to like take take your off time to do. Because I'm honestly, sure yeah, he Matthew only Fox had to is work like, in a studio. He didn't. Have I don't to go know to why wilderness. he's not bigger. He's so good. I know. And he's so good in Lost, and he's so good at crying, and he's so hot. Feels so like he had kids kid. and was like, I, I have enough money to just do that. Well, he's you know? so exceptionally I mean, cast in Lost, too, where, you know, you bring in, so, you've got um, uh, Josh Holloway there, and yet still. Even hotter. Matthew oh, my God. Fox, you're just like, no, 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 more of him, more of him. Jo- Josh, jo- no, I, well, see, I'm the, I'm the, when you get, when you get him and Sawyer in the room, I'm a Sawyer. I, let me sit on that oh, Sawyer wow. face. That's how I feel. Mm. <laughs> I want. <laughs> Mm. Mm. We're thirsty for Sawyer over here. Mm. Um, we're bad boy. We're some Sawyer boys. Matthew that's Fox for sure. Is working, but like, yeah, dude, he's in. I mean, his third most recent credit is World War Z. Uh, he hasn't been in a movie since 2015. He's the David Fincher film? In uh, yeah, no, yeah. Um, he's great in Alex Cross as like a like a fucking jacked like crazy creepy villain. I mean, he. Yeah, works, do dude. more of that from him. You know, like yeah. honestly, you're not wrong with the Doctor Doom thing because he's got a great voice too. Yeah, and he, like, I feel like, could and command. honestly, Doctor he's Doom be a good Reed be, Richards. And Doctor Doom he has would. to be like the attitude of Doctor Doom is why am I not Iron Man or Reed Richards? Why am I the same way? Matt, like we're all like, what the? Why is Matthew Fox not a movie star? You need a guy who should have been a movie star but isn't like. Uh, like uh, 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 Matthew Fox or like Billy Crudup, or some some like hot. He brings dude. he brings zero like cheese to this performance mm-hmm. that could be swimming with cheese. Ooh, yeah, well, yeah, he has to. I mean? He's like, well aware. He's the coolest thing about Speed world. Racer. Sure. Yeah. And like if you talk to anyone who is a fan of Speed Racer, like my parents, Kyle's parents, like anybody like anybody's parents, <laughs> they all think that like Racer X is the coolest shit in the world. And he is effectively playing the twist the whole time. Mhm. He's doing that performance that like it holds up under a second watch. It's like it's crazy because uh in the anime uh, he never got reconstructive surgery. Right. They just never figure it out, right? No, they did. Or like... Um, so, uh, or, but there's got to be much more oblivious the, to it. Like, I thought it was kind of fun that in this movie, the whole time, Speed Racer's kind of like, right, but like, everybody can see his fit. Like, he's my brother, right? Like, he's definitely... <laughs> Right. <laughs> so um there's this there's this whole thing where uh he starts to suspect it throughout the series. And then but the audience knows the whole time because in a cartoon you can play to the audience like that. Yeah. 
and then uh eventually when uh they're like on top of this like they're on the side of this road he takes his mask off and finally admits he's like his brother and you like see his face uh like speed first sees the like silhouette of his face and starts to like wonder if that's his brother so there's like finality to the show to the the 67 68 it it full-on ended pretty much and then there was like there were sequel shows and like there was like a more spritel focused one as well like there's like the new adventures of uh of speed racer where he like sort of like has an apartment with trixie now Ugh, great Ugh. and can we talk about the christina ritchie horniness oh man the fucking fucking roll the pack a day thirst of christina ritchie in this movie bro out of another element that's like out of tone but like adding somehow to the like credibility mm-hmm. of this world is like oh no she she a little horny though <laughs> and and like kind of no one knows what to do with that right right like speed racers just kind of like but what if i drank some milk and gave you a kiss yeah <laughs> and she's sort of like yeah i think that'll work well and then like <laughs> anytime it's about to get to that point you have spritel going guys it's a little horny in here. Yeah, exactly. I didn't know you guys were so <laughs> he pauses, horny. He pauses the movie and is like, guys, this shit's horny. Yeah. <laughs> you just see the chimp cover his penis. <laughs> <laughs> this is abuse. This is it. That monkey had to be beaten into covering his penis. Jesus. They jerk off proudly in the wild. Oh my God. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> I'm agreeing with Peter, Peter. Spike. Hey, Peter. Hey, Peter. Hey, Peter. We agree. Peter, we agree. The monkey ain't shit out. Get the jerk off as much as he wants. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> hey, Peter. He's killing himself. Speed Racer is about monkeys jerking it. That's the show, folks. Hey, Peter, what if this monkey completes himself? himself. <laughs> we should mention diminishing return right here so that if those guys send this podcast to each other they have to listen to this part yeah. of it <laughs> start around 35 minutes in <laughs> uh, like Trixie's an interesting character because it's like what is her function in this world she could be just as good of a racer if she wanted to be, but she doesn't want to be, and that's her decision. No one else. She's sort of just like a dancing helicopter girl, which is some people's ideal. Yeah. Well, I mean, she. Well, we we met her when she was a little kid, and she liked punching bullies. Yeah. Yeah. She ha- she's hated bullies forever. Mm-hmm. And then she met Speed Racer. Yeah. And she, she was kinda... like, well, I do like knowing Speed Racer. And those are kind of the two things we know. Well, in like the comics, there's like this great thing of that her dad uh, is the owner and president of Shimura Aviation. Oh. And then like, uh, and then you have Pops over here or Daisuke, who's like just like the owner and uh, manufacturer of Mifune Motors, which is just like the best racing uh, thing in the world. So it's just about like air and gotcha. meeting, you know. But instead of her being obsessed with her own thing, she's just obsessed with the male of the other family. Like is she is she yeah. or is she like yeah? She's not like a pilot. No, it's like a. Uh, she's like I chose Romeo to Juliet, not like have a passion. <laughs> You don't get it. Your family builds 
helicopters. We can never be together. <laughs> you know what line delivery I hate the most in this movie is uh, when Emil Hirsch just goes, oh no. <laughs> it's a spritel. There's, 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 oh, no. <laughs> there's a couple of Emil Hirsch line readings that, that could, that maybe we could choose an alternate. Emil Hirsch uh, has that kind of delivery once or twice in every. I think about him in in the end of Once Upon a Time, the last scene, which he otherwise is perfect in at the gate in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. But there is one moment where he just goes, Jesus Christ, are you serious? And I'm like, were you r- running out of moonlight or something? Why did we move on from that? <laughs> it's they're always just like, you know, what? we got a hundred other good takes. We can just well, keep this one. In Lawrence of Dogtown, <laughs> which I rewatched too, is just like he's very like school play. Like you got a big attitude, Tony Alva, and I'm here to wreck it. Like he, t- it's, he talks like he's in the animated adaptation of every movie he's in. So, like, the 70s uh, continues on in the cartoon, just sort of, you know, fizzles into obscurity because it only was two seasons. There wasn't much to other syndicate after that. And it sort of became... Normally, for syndication, you want, like, 100 episodes is the sweet spot. Yeah. Which is, like, they they can air it, you know, every day for, like, three months and not repeat an episode. That's what they want. Yeah, but like 58, 25-minute episodes isn't going to get you a lot, you know? Right. It, it needs to be. You got to pump those numbers up. And uh, so it, it, it gets sort of like shelved and sort of known to just like kids in that time as like sort of a cartoon that happened to them, you know? Sort of like Rocket Power is just sort of a cartoon that happened to us. Oh, woogity, woogity, woogity. <laughs> woogity, woogity, woogity is right. But like th- that's the one cartoon they're not trying to continue objectively a not very good cartoon that was that we all agreed was really cool because we wanted to be those kids and for no other reason uh and so um around like 93 to 96 it gets picked back up again because stations are buying out all of these old cartoons from that time and just running them like when we're a kid when we were kids we watched a bunch of flintstones and like Jetsons and things like that for no other reason than like our parents had liked it and it was just on in front of us like that's what we lose with streaming is like kids aren't like inundated with like none of my kids are probably gonna have to watch Rocket Power unless I force them you know no kids nowadays they got they got autoplay yeah really sad the like lack of curation and discovery for and one, I mean, I know we, we we're too young to be the old men on the porch, but like it's it's weird to see that, right? That well, it's that whole like, how do you discover new music when you have Spotify? Yeah, you know? and <laughs> like, there was, and we all talk about constantly the VHS movies of you know, there's no more, their kids aren't being shaped by what their parents are listening to or watching anymore. Yeah, their parents are now putting an iPad in front of them, saying, "Put on what you want." Uh, talk about Speed Racer. <laughs> so uh like 96 or so like speed racer is back on and that's when like cartoon network is having like also all of these um like commercials where it's all of the cartoons like backing into the same parking spot and things like that and you got speed racer in the mach 5 like uh, so that's how we all really know speed racer is from that character and you know what else really it was like a lot of the speed racer tropes from this movie that I even recognize. Uh, 
There was a, a, a fairly odd parents episode where they uh, go with a remote into the television. Oh my god! And they one of the most incredible episodes. Yes, and they mm. just really Alec Baldwin is, is in that episode. Yu Gi Oh! They do a Yu Gi Oh! Or a uh, not Yu Gi Oh! A um, Dragon Ball Z parody, but they also do a Speed Racer parody where they do a ton of these tropes, like the animation style, yep. the like everything. And you could really tell that it was a lot of like boomer animation nerds that make that show all getting to like, oh, we get to we we fucking Fuck. get to do a speed racer baby yeah and i feel like for a lot of kids watching it like that was also like a huge yeah um for sure you know like like part of it fairly odd parents was a was like a they did a lot of shit that blew our little minds Dude, norm mcdonald is like a recurring on that that's crazy yeah he's uh he's one of the one of the um He's the genie norm. Yeah, right. And he, he, well, he's just got that fucking voice, man. You got like, yeah. He well, was I mean, he'll take a paycheck. He was in the first, the first Family Guy episode with death was Norm Macdonald. And apparently he just. The first? Yeah, he's the first death. <laughs> he was the original death. The first he was the first death. person to ever play death in a cartoon. Hey, dead. <laughs> um, and then. I think he literally what just did didn't. What do they do now for death? Well, he just uh, apparently didn't answer the phone. This is a thing with Norm Macdonald where he just doesn't answer his phone and doesn't show up to things. And so for the second episode, they got Corolla and they've they've had him on call ever since. But I think that it's all good. He's on Orville as a blob, as like a very deeply emotionally like grounded. Well, he's also uh, he's also on the Mike Tyson uh, mysteries cartoon as a he's pigeon. incredible fuck. So around that time when the cartoon starts popping, of course, movie studios uh, are gaining some interest, right? And uh, the first uh, thing that's pitched is for uh, Julian Temple to direct one with a script written by a young J.J. Abrams, starring a Johnny Depp. Which Johnny Depp? The uh, the hot one. From Don Quixote. Oh, the guy from the shots in Don Quixote. Oh, dude, that's yeah. a good actor. What 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 year is this around? This is around like ninety four. So this oh, is wow. trying. They, they are trying to fuck up my boy, my boy Gillies. This is like this is, uh, and um, with uh, with that is like um, that like it all falls apart because of high costs. But they were also going to get like um, uh, Henry Rollins to be Racer X. Oh. Need it. I need cool. that now. Cool. Dude, that would be so I mean, that would play in in the Wachowski version. Yeah. Like as much as we've sure. praised Matthew Fox, like Henry Rollins is in that way, like fucking drop him in. See what see well, what I he mean, does like, to the tone. <laughs> if you're see trying to like if you're trying to make people forget your face, you definitely turn it to Henry Rollins. <laughs> Okay, Henry Rollins. No one one has ever gotten plastic surgery to look like Henry Rollins. Henry Rollins' email address is on his website, and he responds in my personal experience in about ten minutes. Yeah, he's one of the most Um, uh, intense people ever. You want to? I'm not not saying we hit him up and ask him why. uh, Like, if he has any details about almost playing Racer X, but it might be a good idea. Hey, can can you just email him real quick? Be like, um, what's your experience with Speed Racer? Guys, hey listeners out there, we're together. We're all gonna, we're all gonna hang out. We're all gonna, we're gonna dish a little. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna draft a little email to Henry Rollins. Um, because we love him. 
You know, I think that this this feature on his website is not there anymore. You can only find press inquiries, RollinsManagement at gmail.com. Yeah, it's his email, baby. It says business only, no personal emails. Wow. Well, we mean business. Maybe he was getting too many. Yeah. <laughs> his, his... Why do you know that? Why was this from experience? I've done it before. Yeah, he's known for like just talking to everybody and anybody. He's he he's talked about like he right now he's definitely listening to a vinyl record, writing down notes about that particular pressing, and that's not even a joke. That's something he says he basically does in his free time. Okay, okay, I have his email. It's just leave in at aol dot com so people can try to try to guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, be like be like. Can you um uh, can you share anything about your experience with uh, almost making Speed Racer? Yeah, we'll do. Yeah. All right, so keep telling now, us the story. Apparently, you'll get, and I'll give you you'll you'll get you'll get right you'll immediately get an auto reply that says the email is no longer in use, but then you'll get a response. Sweet. All right, and so uh, after uh, after that fell apart in around ninety seven, uh, you get Alfonso Caron fresh off of a little princess hired to direct this by warner bros um uh, and it's going to be more more streamlined uh vehicle like it's costing about 20 million dollars or less is what they're trying to say uh high action high cost is what uh he tried to quote it as uh caron said he wanted to uh make this sort of as like uh, put a rivalry between the villain and the character and sort of make it like feel like the 60s cartoon he used to watch when he was a child in Mexico. And it says even in this article that's announcing it, it's like preventing financial collapses. This might be pretty good. <laughs> like uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's what they're pretty much hoping for, which like it's an interesting choice for Speed Racer, I think, is to use Alfonso Caron. Yeah, he's like maybe our most... Like our most recent auteur, a true auteur, uh, Quran. Um, yeah, I don't know, Kugler like, baby. Uh, yeah, no, that's true, Kugler. Kugler baby, Kugler ribs. Well, Chazelle baby. It's crazy. This article is also like quoting down other movies that are getting like their costs put down, and it's talking about um the one hundred eight million dollar I Am Legend, uh, and how that budget is uh. Uh, that how the movie's been pushed back six months or more and reps from Arnold Schwarzenegger and Ridley Scott are shopping for immediate employment. <laughs> it's them like abandoning I Am Legend, which maybe we got to cover that I Am Legend in an episode. <laughs> Dude, so we're fucking such a, like a movie we are all is letting history eat. Like what? It's a great movie, and it's not talked about like a a major moment oh, in in that we, guy's we, in Will Smith's we reference, career. We, I feel like it gets referenced a ton still, though. I, like it's in the zeitgeist that that movie. I feel like more than a lot of Will Smith movies. I think there's a certain Bob Marley song you can play, and people think I am Legend before they think good Bob Marley song. Hmm. You know, like, <laughs> sure, <laughs> because I've asked, it's like a test I've kind of read around and they're like, hey, remember I Am Legend comes out of their mouths like two seconds later every time that song comes on. And then this also talks about to chase the cut costs on paper began with uh, Godzilla with TriStar choking on Yon Devon's proposed $145 million pick, which is reconvenient, uh, reconfigured by Independence Day duo Dean Devlin and Roland Emmerich. You know, a whole story we <laughs> already covered. Yeah, if you so want it's, more information on that one, go check out, go listen to six hours of 
uh, audio <laughs> and then come back here. Um, no, but like that's, that's interesting to see the ripples that that, which I believe was the first movie, um, the ripples that that sent uh, <laughs> out across um, sort of the film landscape with how with like how big of a the the wild part is it wasn't even a budgetary flop but like they were so worried that it was going to be a flop that their worry gave other people worry so other movies didn't get made like it's crazy or um such a shockwave just yeah just the just the 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 contagious fear in hollywood (laughs) so like the same producer that was working on uh like uh the corone speed racer was also the guy who owned the rights for like uh Schuler Donner on like X-Men and stuff like that. And um he had paused production on Barry Levinson's Sphere because the effects were becoming too costly and he also paused Fantastic 4 and the Silver Surfer and decided mm. to re- We only have money for cubes. <laughs> we can't. <laughs> and cube <Sphere>. too. <laughs> it's, it's so expensive to make Sphere. <laughs> We have the money for Pewter Surfer at best. And then this is where an announcement for him reconfiguring the superhero saga X-Men with Ed Solomon scripting and Brian Singer directing. So all of these Hollywood motions are being made at the same time. Godzilla, Sphere, Fantastic Four, Silver Surfer, I Am Legend, like uh, X-Men, you know, like Speed Racer just trying to dodge in between the cars on the track. Well, he's just so dang fast. That's how he did it, man. Catch him. We're trying, sir. But he's so fast. (laughs) Make X-Men with a rapist, then. (laughs) We're trying, sir. But he's so fast. And uh, through all these cuts, uh, Speed Racer, unfortunately, didn't win the race. Shit. And uh, so Speed Racer gets shelved for a while until um, a famous big fan of it in around 2004 decides he wants to help make it with uh, Joel Silver, who has the rights to Silver Surfer at this point, just like keeps it like on him, you know? Joel Silver <laughs> Surfer. <laughs> Joel Silver Surfer, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that dude was so sick of that for a fucking who's, year. Who's your favorite SNL cast member? Mine's Joel Silver <laughs> musical guest <laughs> yeah he had some good weekend update bits vince vaughn was really into the idea in around 2004 of making a speed racer movie and more importantly an independent racer x movie with him starring okay so vince vaughn's website has his email address on it and from my experience he responds in about five <laughs> minutes so can we ask him what he thought of <laughs> if your racer asked x you legally kyle's screen just went white he is trying to now find vince vaughn let me tell you that like vince vaughn as like this like six foot seven racer x though while everyone else is like sure. under five six no yeah he looks like he has trouble getting in cars you know He's it's a big guy i feel he, like we don't the we thing don't is talk about that it's that whole like boomers really love speed racer and like yeah. Vince Vaughn is like a big boomer too. And mm-hmm. he loves it. He like racer X is like, was his goal to be for a while. And like, it just, after that cool, falls I through, guess. like it's, I mean, w- would the world have benefited from a racer X, the uh, movie starring Vince Vaughn? 
No, he doesn't work, bro. And the problem is he became branded as it. Like, like it's we can right. all hear the dumb trailer music for like a summer comedy, and it's Vince Vaughn yeah, and like blank. delivery man. And and it, the problem is he did like five of those movies in a row where mm-hmm. he was the and blank to a bunch of different other people. And so oh. it, it's sort of like, I, like, I just feel like he dipped too heavy into that world and he didn't like, and it was at such a formative time for a generation too. Yeah. That now that whole generation of people can't help but see him. So that's why when it's like him being in, you know, uh, like, like, like I would argue detective. that, that, yeah, I would argue that most roles that McConaughey does now are cashing in comedically. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, and he does very, very little like serious acting. It feels like anymore. Well, but yeah, yeah. I know. Him, Free State nobody, of Jones was a romp. Nobody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on some laughs. Uh, it doesn't like you know Dallas Buyers Club fucking rolling on. Oh yeah, well no, they put all the jokes <laughs> in the trailer for Dallas Buyers That's Club. A problem. They fucking ruin the best gags. The big comedy set pieces. No, uh, the biggest no, joke but... in that movie won Best Supporting Actor. <laughs> oh my goodness, he did it. Guys, he did it. Zing, uh, pow, bang. I think Vince Vaughn as as Racer X could be interesting. It's is. Do we there's know? A, if there's it, a reason he doesn't pull off everybody... that fight scene the way Matthew Fox pulls off no, that of fight course, scene. But, but you know, yeah, of like, course not. There's a there's a reason that everybody lost their shit when he was going to be a true detective, and it's because that's what he is, and he need like I'm yeah, not saying he needs to accept that, but it's like at this point I think you gotta kind of buy in. I think he's he accepted it, like in that like you look at between that and Freaky and like these the Craig Zoll like uh, Brawl in Cell Block ninety nine and Dragged Across <sighs> Concrete. I think he's embracing how big and scary he looks. Yeah, because he is a fucking monster, and he needs yeah, to be addressed as huge. such. Like. That's who you should have cast as, like, Frankenstein's monster. Yeah, that's who you cast as Norman Bates now. Yeah, not young. <laughs> Wasn't John Goodman going through withdrawals while they were making this? Or what he, he was, was like, yeah. he was knee-deep in the middle of, like, uh, of, like, alcoholism, the rehab. And the cast, like, banded around him, right? Yeah, it was sort of like a big, like, that's why um, he has the most CGI makeup on. Yeah, because he ain't doing great. You know, and it's like uh, it was that, that it was really just sort of like they all put in the honest effort every day around him to just show oh, him that man. like we're here to work. That's awesome. Well, this, it sounds like some milk on wrapped it. Oh yeah. And then, uh, so after the deals fall out with Vince Vaughn's uh, Racer X thing, um, you know, all of the uh, Matrix movies are over. Uh, like V for Vendetta has come out and the there people are begging like what are the Wachowskis going to do next and uh, they're they're good friends with Joel Silver. Joel Silver helped they produce should, the Matrix. They should be you know? they, they should be asking what are the Wachowskis going to do X. <laughs> and the answer was they said you know we love Speed Racer. We grew up watching Speed Racer. We don't want to make an adaptation of speed of the Speed Racer like anime we want to make an adaptation of the show we watched mm. and that's why we got the movie cool. we did you know that's why that's why his name is pops that's why none of it is anything from the like manga it is just sort of like honoring in every single way the cult classic 
you know, like even the way it's like make some of the make some of the scenes a little shittier because that's what the cartoon would have done. So it's an adaptation of a localization. Yes. Interesting. Mm. So and that's where it sort of starts. And it seems like um, sort of this isn't a movie where you everything on screen feels like you never got a lot of studio pushback on a lot of things because they were able to cheaply cut corners on a lot of other things because mostly what was built was just five cars that sat in gimbals and there was green right. screens behind them. Yeah. That so seems like such a nightmare for an actor to just get shaken around for just weeks. Yeah, that's what, that's what it was, was you're just like trying to imagine. But like, all of those cars are completely fabricated like that, but those like scenes in the races are so fucking intense still. Unbelievable. Like, what a this is such a this is a fantastic double feature with Redline, by the way. Yeah, they really complement each other nicely, and they have similar. You know, I, I I was telling Richard before we started too that it has a similar thing of the beginning and ending are so fantastic it hurts the middle in retrospect. Sure, you know, where after the fact you're Dude, like, that, Why did I was going to say this movie might have. This movie might have the greatest end of a race ever filmed. Fuck. Like when he comes into the end zone, it is so fucking visually yeah. incredible. I it's literally a, would only compare it to the dude's eyes bleeding in the beginning of Redline. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, <laughs> it's the only movie with a race where you also feel like you won. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, well, or it's like, and it, that's something the pod race does too. Somehow, it, it where like there's this weird piece of transcendent filmmaking in those prequels. Yeah, where it's the only moment for nine hours where you're connecting with Anakin Skywalker, and it's the one time he doesn't speak or have facial expressions. <laughs> um, it's I I agree with you that like yeah, it's like we did it is the feeling at the end. Like you wanted to high five. Like yeah, yeah, for could. sure. And the way he jumps out of his car when he wins the race and poses oh. exactly like the intro to the cartoon, because that was the Amazing. intro to the cartoon, is that the car would spin, he would jump up like that, and it would uh, do that pause, and then yeah, there was a speed that. racer underneath, yeah. And there's also a lot of cool Easter eggs in the movie, like um, a lot of the announcers are just the voice cast from the original like uh, broadcasting. Oh, that's mm. cool. That's awesome. And that's really like that older guy that voices. you keep seeing. Yeah, uh, in the beginning, that's Speed. Oh, that's cool. The guy that's like, uh, you bet your ass, this kid's the best. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, he was fantastic, and he had a. I was like, this guy has is so good. Why is why by he's too old? How do I not recognize I him? I don't know if they're taken from the show, but this also has some of the greatest racer, like like mm. just background racer names or like legendary yeah. racer names. Like there's so many mm -hmm. good, like the Blue Devil, or what, like they just have. They have so many great, like just peripheral. Yeah. Well, and that also is just racers. taking from like that cartoon wacky racers, mm -hmm. where it was like uh, like all the Hanna Barbera cartoons racing. So it's a great template. You know, and it was just like, yeah. it, this is basically, like, it felt like I wanted to play Mario Kart afterwards. Yeah. Where's, when's that? Where's that movie, by the way? That seems like an obvious movie. There's and they're, no... they're working on, they're working on the, uh, they're working on that CGI Mario Brothers movie. They've been oh, man. with for a minute. Don't. And Mario Kart feels like the obvious, like maybe the obvious sequel is Wario. And then 
like Mario Brothers Two Wario Land or some shit. Sure. <laughs> and then make a then make like Mario Brothers Three. Nah, it, Mario Kart. It's, and then you're fucking. It's definitely yikes. like. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely Mario Brothers, and then Yoshi's Island is what's after that, though. True. <laughs> Mario colon Yoshi's Island, and you see a big ass Mario <laughs> in the sun. <laughs> Isn't there a new Mario character named Spike? Do you ask that about every like uh, franchise? Yeah. Like, hey, isn't there is just there like a new racer uh... character named Spike? I'm... <laughs> I don't know if they do. It's really weird. Is there a yeah, fairly uh... odd parent named Spike? I was watching a video on um, how familiar are you guys with Paper Mario? Oh, um, uh, I rented that game at Blockbuster. Paper Mario is an offshoot of Mario. It's a series of games that is a little more set up like a uh, RPG. Like it has a little more RPG elements and everything is like rendered as. Oh, I do. I do. I I don't know what I. Yes, I do know Paper Mario. Yes. So this newest paper, this newest Paper Mario. Origami King. um, I was. Uh, yeah, the Origami King. I was watching a video about it, and uh, it's really interesting. These guys were the, the creators were saying that they were having a ton of issues because they had to create a new like original characters for this game. Right? Yeah, but they're not allowed to create like they like the character you're friends with is a babom named Babom because they're not allowed to name a babom like Gregory. You know what I mean? Because like, there's this like ancient Bible of of Mario rules of like. Mario rules and characters and lore, and they're not okay with introducing new, like, because they used oh, to do that. Like in Mario RPG, there's like a little cloud guy or whatever his name is. Like, he's like an an original character from that game, but like Origami King, that's why the villains are like a stapler. Because the writers were like, well, what the fuck can we do if we can't create original characters for any of this shit? Like, we have to just. This was also, um, uh, Emil Hirsch wasn't the only one that was up for Speed Racer. He ultimately won it like he does every time he's up for like a role. Like, and there's like three other famous dudes that always ends up going to Emil Hirsch. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Zach Efron was a uh, was pretty much signed on to play Speed Racer, but he Good. was like he had a lot of like over demanding and just like he thought he was like hot shit. And then eventually they're like this isn't going to work out. He was. He was. So hot he decided shit. Yeah. instead. That we are your friends. No, he decided instead you to start do the club out at 90, 120 beats per minute. You got to match the heart rate. Right. He's got to be the. He's got to be in the sky. Women only come to rhythm of the night. Mm. Is that a line in that movie? No, I've never seen it. No, Direct, but, but like that directed by the gray-haired catfish guy. Yeah, the guy that fakes catfishes. Like that movie trailer has the line, <laughs> like your. Like that line would be in that movie. I would believe that that line is in that movie. I remember when uh, when that guy had to go film "We Are Your Friends," and so the whole season Nev had to fake catfishes with Charlemagne. Al, <laughs> <laughs> do you remember when you told me about the abuse-free elevator? <laughs> no, what? That like there was some moment, like Ray Rice or Ray Lewis, like I don't want to defame some NFL player like had had been accused of uh assaulting a woman in an elevator and so neve shulman like made an instagram video where he was like i want everyone to know that this is an abusive abuse free elevator that i'm entering i want to uh beat the shit out of him in an abuse free elevator (laughs) (laughs) 
I get I get Max Landis energy from that dude for sure. Yeah, yeah Jesse Eisenberg is doing Neve Shulman in uh I'm convinced in the, I, I rewatched the catfish movie. I'm sorry for this. Mm-hmm. I'm convinced yep. that they immediately clocked it. And then draw I don't think that this woman is an actress, but I think that these three immediately clocked the scam and went catfish with it. the catfish. Yeah. Yeah, where he like acted like someone whose life was being upended by this but i think almost immediately they knew uh that something was that this was not a real person maybe they didn't know that but like that's a fucking whack-ass way to get into everything and you know whatever also like i probably wouldn't be friends with people that were like filming me like in my online dating pursuits (laughs) like that you know It's got it's got like weird porno energy where it's like well, why do you have your camera, dude? Yeah. I, I just you know I'm just filming some stuff today. What, what's <laughs> yeah. up? Well, I don't know. I just thought maybe we call some girls or something. <laughs> oh, really? Like yeah, I met this bartender the other. Like it's you're just like this is, does not happen when no, you're yeah, yeah. Camera you know when you just like hang out with your boys and like flip on your camera here. <laughs> Yo, I'm just dude. I'm just I'm just messing around with it. Wouldn't it be crazy if we all started sucking each other's dicks? It'd be like wild, dude. Right? Dude, right. like crazy. <laughs> well, uh, uh, I mean, I get. I you mean, do have the camera out, yeah. I'll do it, but, <laughs> but then I get to make Paranormal Activity too. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Now, nah, but um, this does sort of uh. You know the whole thing we keep saying about uh, movies need to be made by, like, adaptations need to be made by, by people who really nerds. love the shit. Yeah, the biggest nerd yeah. of that thing. And I love that that's happening. That's that's what's happening. And that, that's what happened in Speed Racer. Like, because nobody else was ever going to make a Speed Racer movie, you know? No, and that's sure. why this movie is awesome, because I I actually had this thought. was I was like, you know, I've never watched the original Speed Racer show. But without having a conversation, I know why the Wachowskis think it's cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whether I like this movie a lot, whether I would like the show or not, this is what their childhood brains, like, saw when they watched the show. Yeah. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, this is what synthesized in into their minds. And, you know, there's something interesting to look at their filmography, and I don't, I'm not in a place to speak to this too in detail, but I, I think it's interesting in that it's the only movie that they've ever directed that has nothing to do with um, uh, uh, identity politics, which or is sort of something, or sort of their personal journey. The sort of yeah, the sort of yeah. duality of of the of 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 someone's identity and place. And I think that because of that, maybe they are bringing just more of a fun. This is the, obviously the most fun movie they've ever made. And the lightest movie they've ever made. It just seems like a romp in that way of like, even they weren't weighted down by anything. They were just, like you said, just being fans it, every day. It, it, it feels, yeah, it feels like a warm childhood memory well, that you're reading. Yes, instead you of trying I mean? to like, like, you know, again, I'll drop this now. But like, it is the only movie where it doesn't also feel like a diary entry. It just feels like them being like showing us their toys. Well, and objectively, that would make it the biggest diary entry. Yes, yeah, sure. yes, yeah, exactly. You know? I think it's fantastic, and you it's know, and it's uh, and uh, there's a lot so to good it. At warmth, and it's crazy that like the thing they do after this is they pull out rain. 
You know, oh, they, they discovered from this movie and they produce and they build ninja assassin around him. Yeah, because aren't there a bunch of movies that they kind of secretly directed, like The Raven and V for Vendetta? Like a lot of yeah. people think that they directed those. Uh, again, uh, both they also still have faint sort of identity politics to them. Well, they uh, they a hundred percent wrote the script for V for Vendetta. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah well, like, so, credited, but yeah, but credited, I think that, yeah. and they said they were uncredited second unit directors. I think if you're an uncredited second unit director, you are you're the a first director. Unit, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. When they when they got when they got to V for Vendetta, it, it, well, they only had the V. Well, I think <laughs> they added yeah. a lot. Well, I think doing the uh, uncredited second unit. They were like, unit, it should stand for Vendetta. Because yeah. the whole thing's about a, vande- a vendetta. <laughs> and they were all like, damn, that is smart. Making them like, second yeah. unit, like, directors, the only way to kind of get them on set because they were writers, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that was the only way to stylistically be like, hey, is this the way you would do it? Because that's what it felt like it was where they got to sit there while everyone's like, hey, would you do this? Well, yeah, I think that that's that's probably honestly a uh, a budgetary reason because just to to have writers on set costs money. Yeah, like because yeah. they have to pay them union money, and so it's like okay, well, if we're gonna have you on set just to ask you these questions, and you both know how to direct, you should just be the second unit director. Yeah, <laughs> so that you can like go do but- shit and also sign off on all this other shit. I this think is, they. Um- uh, I think they like investing in people, and they like. Uh, it's like yeah. they're like willfully being second unit directors on this for the for the actual director to be like, hey, we'll help you. Like it's the same yeah. thing with Rain. You know, they I think that's super. They cool. fucked with Rain, and they were like, all right, man, like let's put you in something that like we think could work for you. Uh, Soderbergh did this for the Hunger Games where he like visited his friend directing it and his friend was like I'm so overwhelmed can you please go shoot action for like a week for me and Soderbergh was the second unit director on the Hunger Games for that the first one the first one yeah like the the first first one scene where they're all running towards the the cornucopia thing and like the big blowout at the beginning was all directed by Soderbergh Oh, no wonder it's so different from the rest of the movie. Yeah. No wonder it's suddenly really interesting and and tactile. Yeah. So that's really sort of Speed Racer, though, is so fucking awesome. This thing that happened in 2008 that will forever be another $5 bin. Like, it's another, like, amazing movie in a $5 bin. You know? Yeah, we've been covering them lately. We've been hitting them. And it's just like... Uh, a lot of people will think of it as a joke, but I'm like, if you don't like the Speed Racer movie, it's probably because you wouldn't like Speed Racer the cartoon, anyways. Dude, you know, I, I said in a like- I said in a group chat today, I was like, I just watched Speed Racer, and somebody replied before I even sent the "It's fucking fantastic." They went, "I'm sorry," and I was like, "No, it's a good movie." And they were like, "Really? The the live action one?" And I'm like, "Yeah, dude, it's good." And they were like, "Maybe I need to give it a rewatch." And I'm like, "You a hundred percent do, because <laughs> it surpasses what you remember." Well, it's because uh, it also came out at a time when all of us were at the age of like, "Why would we see that movie geared towards kids?" I I would rather well, go see Iron Man, it, which came out a week it, later. They're trying yeah, yeah, to yeah, look. Yeah. <laughs> overly CGI'd but it looked I remember it looked overly CGI at the time in a dated way yeah like it was a 2008 movie that from the trailers and stuff and what they were showing on television like looked like a 2005 and, right and, but like looking back there are parts of this movie that look like a live action uh, adaptation of Food Fight Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, well, the first scene out in the road outside the school is is reprehensible. Oh, yeah. well, the um the the scene on the cliff face that's like 
snowing is offensive. <laughs> well, yeah, weather. We didn't have weather until like two years ago. No. Well, and um, but they had they had a car looking real good. No, the Speed Racer looked cheap in its time. For though cartoon, it was you know, and right, it's right. like, and so that stylistically is a choice too of like. Iron Man comes out two uh, comes out a week later next week. That's yeah. that, that that is how different CGI is at that time. You know, right, it, right. there's this interesting um thing I think about a lot with the movie Baby Driver, which I'm not the hugest fan of, but Edgar Wright had this interesting perspective. First, think, first movie to have a baby, first driver. movie with a baby driver. Um, <laughs> and it was uh Baby's Day Out of Prison. You mean Edgar Wright speaks to Baby Driver where he's like. Everyone in the cast is making the same movie, and you realize watching a movie like this how rare that is. Mm-hmm. And when you watch like those dinner table scenes in Speed Racer, you're like, "Yeah, everyone's making the same movie," and you you oh, yeah. and you know what that means. Where you know you watch anything else, and it's just it just feels like this. And it's like you know, Parasite is another one of those where this just feels like everyone knows what this is. Yeah, uh, that's that thing of like. When I think a movie is good, no matter like its level of like quality of like when it knows what it wants to be, like the whole movie, yep. like as a unit knows, like we want this to convey this and do this. Yeah. And, and I'm like, tell, yeah, like you can tell the boom operator knew the philosophies of this movie. Like it just feels really tightly made. All right, so I guess the biggest question is, was this worth it, guys? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah, for sure. I mean, it seems like the property went through the hell yeah. and the Wachowskis just like picked it up and, and were like, we got this. I think it's worth it for the Wachowskis, but like, yeah. was it worth it for this property? You know, like, because was it worth it in the case of like Speed Racer, like lived and died with that movie, basically, you know, there was a sequel cartoon on Nickelodeon and that's for really it for this. Yeah. <laughs> Weird like with any continue. of the cast? No, it's like a yeah, uh, yeah. It, it's cast, yeah, sort of like an out of the barnyard sort of situation. <laughs> One of those situations. Yeah, we got no, we got no odor Kirk anymore, huh? <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh. It no. It, I. I think. I think it's undoubtedly a uh a, a big a big old W for 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 our boy Speed, our boy Mafune, um. Because it is, uh, I mean, it has been a part of, it's a part of, it's a Japanese piece of pop culture that's been a part of American pop culture for 50 plus years. Yeah. And that alone is and such a massive achievement. Um, I like that uh, the choice to make an adaptation of the like whitewashed, serialized, chopped up version of it can seem like an unwise choice but it made the most sense here because yeah if you made a bad version of that you don't no one would care no yeah that it's uh, yeah no one would care that you're doing original pops really well yeah (laughs) everyone yeah they're like that's not the daisuke mifune i know you know, like it's hashtag release the Daisuke cut. You know, it's uh. like a, the fact that it's not them saying Mifune Motors actually like is to its benefit, considering like they probably would have to. Um, I found a like car repair company in Japan, all over Japan. There's a chain of them that are speed racer themed. And like everything from the colors to like the icons, like everything is speed racer. That's cool. That's what I want to roll up into. <laughs> cool. You know, and it's like. 
Speed Racer is so ingrained, and that's the thing about like Japan that's so awesome is anytime they fucking like something, they're like, put it on everything. We fucking yeah, love this. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's like, I wish we had that here. And it, I wish it wasn't Minions. Yeah, I know. Cause we <laughs> it is right? We used to have things on Slurpee Cups, and now we, and we, we don't. It's now Mr. Beast is on the Slurpee Cup. And he, on his own proprietary slurpy yeah. cup and you look down cup. in the slurpy yeah. cup and it has uh, seven gold doubloons oh man <laughs> it's got eight thousand dollars <laughs> hey what's up guys i filled this slurpy machine with gold doubloons and i'm gonna film people <laughs> filling up their they cups. gotta react <laughs> to suddenly having money for me <laughs> let me film it i'm gonna make nope. charity look rude <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. oh man! I hope somebody says this to Mr. Beast, and he has to listen to all the the monkey jerk mm-hmm. beating yeah, shit. It's tell him to be a, tell him to be 25. nicer to Chandler. Um, I have. What are we doing next, we, Spikey Spike? Well, before we wrap up, I have a Wachowski question that I w- I've been holding on for a second, and I feel like I know the internet might have this, but I want to ask my boy Richard because you are quite the Uber fan, especially of the Matrix. And I want to know, is the, do we know why only Lana is making The Matrix 4? I don't know. I know she stepped down um, after, or Lily stepped down after Sense8. Yeah. You know, and that, like, I think it was just, like, Sense8 took a lot from her, is from what I was reading. And that, like, having it being canceled like that, like, really took a toll. Oh. And that, yeah, but ha- have they considered since it was not good? It, honestly, <laughs> like its fans love it. Well, and it That's that like the it's like, and they love where, like it. the Daily Mail was like extort, like blackmailing her. Yeah, and out. it's like she's God. yeah, and like it was like a whole thing of like this is like she's sort of going on her journey now, so I kind of have to do the movie, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, well. And like uh, I, her voice is definitely still going to be there. Like she helped write it. That's her sister. Like oh, making really? it. You know. Like yeah. Okay. It's not. She wasn't fully hands off. She just isn't doing the whole. She's not on set. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm excited. I'm sure. I'm we excited will discuss... for yeah yeah Abdul Mateen baby. Yeah, yes, is... you are. Yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, well, next though, baby. Speaking of excitement, we are next week. We are keeping. Is it's go fast month, right? I know I keep fucking up. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's are... it's it's fast go 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 month go go go. That's what I'm. That's call the original it. Japanese go, name. Go. Um, yeah, next, for go fast month. Next week we are riding eternal through the gates of Valhalla, shiny and chrome, with 2015's Mad Max Fury Road, another one of the fastest movies you'll ever mm. see. Hell yeah, baby! Hell yeah, fuck yeah! And hopefully, we get to talk about Furiosa. <laughs> oh hell yeah! It's Furiosa, not Furiosa. <laughs> <laughs> Shit! Oh, we gotta go out on that. That's, yeah, that's too it. good. 